You started your business to help others. Somewhere along the way, you lost the capability of doing it on your own. Imagine how much different your business would be with an extra $10,000. Would you pay your rent? Would you buy new equipment? Would you pay your coaches more? Would you pay yourself? What if you could do that and donate to others? We started our business to help you. Finally, a, a payment solution for the micro gym space. We are proud to introduce you to WheelPay, a platform that allows you to both save money and be generous. With giving partners like the Phoenix, the Navy SEAL Foundation, the Green Beret Project, and other charitable organizations, you can trust that your donations will make a massive difference in the lives of others. Saving has never been easier. Giving has never been easier. Pay better. Do better. We'll pay. We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. One of the most common complaints, critiques, feedback about CrossFit, but specifically the level one is the sumo de la Taipo and the medicine ball cleaner stupid. In We've heard it. Those exact words. Basically, <laughs> yeah, I mean, people, I mean, people, people, people have definitely said that. It's almost always coming from people that are not familiar with them or have never done them or just think they are too advanced for them. So in today's episode, let's talk about why they are relevant, why they should be coached at your affiliate and all of the values associated with those two movements. So my first question to you, Fern, what was your initial reaction if you remember those two movements? This is gonna sound weird, but I don't remember those two movements. <laughs> I mean, I remember I them. I don't, re I, don't, I don't remember my introduction to them or having a reaction to the introduction of them. To be fair, everything was new to me coming in, not training, but all of it was fairly new. I, I would go so far as to say this. Those were as odd to me as the thruster was, having never done one when I did it, whenever that was. Ago. I agree. I was going to say, I don't really remember either. I have like a vague recollection of the med ball clean in Toronto at my level one, but, but certainly the thought of this is stupid never crossed my mind. And I think what that says about me, not to toot my own horn, is well, one, it probably, one, it probably <laughs> says I didn't have enough experience with the Olympic lifts because I didn't think anything of it, right? If you're doing the snatch and the clean ahead of those, you're like, why am I almost taking a step back? So partly I didn't really do those movements. And then partly what I was going to say is you just, I went into it with an open mind. Cool. We're moving this thing from the ground to our shoulder blades. We're calling it a sumo del typo. Okay. Sign me up. Or we're pulling ourselves under this. Dynamax medicine ball. Cool. Why not? Where so many people just. Did you just call it a Dynamax? No, I said Dynamax. 
Okay. All right. I'm pretty. Katie, check that. I'm pretty sure he said Diana Max. Yeah. <laughs> the old, the, the new one, the new Diana Max. <laughs> the old, the old Diana Max ball doing Karen. Diana Max and Karen. Yeah. Remember, you couldn't get those like back then. It was like, hey, here's the Dynamax balls. They come in black and red or black and gray. Now they come in every color. I mean, that's just another but, company that crossed. I thought they were just black and gray. Yeah, maybe even just black. Just another company that CrossFit helped black. explode. I mean, I, I, I would, it'd be interesting to figure out, like, obviously you can't figure this out, but it would be interesting to figure out how many med balls they have sold to affiliates. You think it's, you just, think it's over a million? 15,000. Call it 15,000 affiliates. Say, say even on the very high end, a thousand of those use some substandard ripoff medicine ball, 14,000. And I'm getting my calculator out. On average, every affiliate has 20 medicine it'll, balls. It'll, I mean, on the low end, 10. That's 280,000. If 14,000 affiliates have 20, I would guess more have more. But, and then, not, hey, here's another thing. How many Globo gyms? This is have right, Globo gyms, and then people at home, people that have replaced medicine balls because they for whatever reason. I, it's for I'd I'd be willing to say that it's at least half a million medicine balls have been sold to CrossFit affiliates or direct into the CrossFit affiliate ecosystem. And again, it goes back to my stance of say what you want about Coach Glassman, but he probably could have figured out a way to get a dollar. Or two for every one of those medicine balls. I mean, he is responsible for that. Right. You would have no medicine balls. I would have none. The listeners would have none. If Coach Glassman, A, you know, what, what is forgotten is the 10 general physical domains comes from Dynamax. We, we credit them in the what is fitness lecture. But if he wasn't like, hey, this also medicine called ball. The 10, it's also called the 10 general skills, not the 10 general f- domains. I even got in the update, the updated manual. We changed it. Was oh, that what it is? Uh, it's updated. Got it. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're changing so- the first model in the in the, in the uh, definition of fitness, guys. It's no longer uh, models, uh, skills. It's domains. Sorry. They changed that along with he added the fun before safety. The fun into <laughs> safety as a Got it. Okay. No, but between medicine ball cleans and wall ball shots, right? And two movements I did not do in 2007. I, you know, 30 years old been a fitness coach my entire life i would grab a medicine ball here and there at golds or you know do weird things with it twist throw it into the wall do like russian twists for your abs uh maybe chest passes with someone but never the med ball clean and never a wall ball shot so point is i don't know where we're going with this but yes it was influenced by coach glassman um but but anyway like we said, a lot of people kind of poo-poo on it. Somebody sent us a video of somebody bashing the med ball clean. Uh, I've heard it. I used to travel with Coach Ripito. We've talked about that. And he used to really smash, like, just complain about it, say it was stupid. Um, but both of those so moments I, get... Like, I get why people don't like it. That's not to say that it's stupid and has no why value. Why do you get it? Like, so why, there's, what there's, about there's... it do you get that they don't like? Well, you're talking about barbell specialists. The two people we just mentioned, they're specialists in barbell workouts, like, you know, starting strength. Like that is a, like, he's a barbell guru, like, and, and good for him. Like I, like I, I'm a fan of Repito. Like he put some good shit out into the world. 
Um, and I forget what the other guy's name was, the weightlifter that we were listening to. And he, his, his, the, it was the long and short was the rant was he'd went to the level two and he, you know, he said the course was all in all good, but he, and then he did a squat clean, a clean, a heavy day workout. He did like a heavy, it was like 350 pounds is what he did. Cause he's a weightlifting specialist, but in the breakout, basically what they said was like, his wasn't good because he wasn't getting to extension. And, and somehow that led to like, all of this is stupid. And then, so from a standpoint of like, if you're a specialist and we want to get into the nuance of weightlifting, does the med ball have value? Can you teach the clean without the med ball? Well, obviously, yes. Of course. That's not a silly statement. Of course you can, but, but that doesn't mean the med ball has no value. Um, you know, I think that buddy should be on a barbell or that the med ball has no value does lack text and in my experience, the people that are having that argument are really only working at one end of the spectrum with regard to athletes. They're not working with like young kids or people with absolutely no kinesthetic awareness whatsoever. I mean, the, both the and the sumo type will have value for people with, you know, zero training age with regard to limit, you know, like not having to worry about other overhead or front rack mobility or load um could you use a pvc pipe sure but we've talked about that before about that has its limitations with regard to position and stuff like that so here's my beef with some of those arguments is a lot of these that will make these arguments about you know let's go we, we can just throw a bunch of things in there you know knees out versus or you know toes out versus toes straight internal versus external rotation um bent elbow, lack of extension in those moves. Like almost always, and go back and look at all, almost always they will, they will use, they'll show an example, be like, look at this person, do it, that. And the person that they have put up here is the, at the highest level of this particular sport. Like they'll transition and be like, look at this after who has medals. And I'm like, well, that doesn't even apply. Like you're talking about an, uh, an absolute specialist who has, you know, an incredible adaptation and amount of volume in their back pocket versus somebody who just started tomorrow. So those arguments don't even line up in my personal opinion. So I get why they, I get what they're saying is that they're, and they're correct, which is like, Hey, you can still lift correctly with a bent elbow look at this person who's doing it successfully. And I'm like, yeah, that's a specialist. That's like, if we go to the A or the NFL and like people have, you know, slightly different, you know, shot form, or, you know, they line up on the line of scrimmage a little bit differently. And I'm like, well, yeah, but that's because they are the best. And they found this is what works for them because that at that point, the margin for success is incredibly small and they pay their bills with this. So whatever works, that's what they do. And I'm like, that makes sense. Does that mean we use that? As the, as the stated unique for the entire general population, I would disagree respectfully. Yeah, no, I think you really nailed a aspect of this that gets overlooked in that most people that are, you don't get the new people to CrossFit saying this is dumb because they A, don't know any better and B, will quickly realize the benefit of it. It's almost always the higher level coaches. And here's something you and I, came to the great realization along this journey with affiliate you and also at best hours 
when you've been doing this your whole life and when you're experienced and you put the time in and you've got the credentials, you forget how little the rest of the world knows. Oh man. It's just like, so they know so little and it's not their fault. It's not, it's not that they, it's not that, you know, you and I, or whoever this specialist is and and whatever thing is so smart. They are, they put in a lot of time, but the reality is you're comparing that against somebody who has put in zero time into understanding it or practicing it or explaining it or doing it like whatever. So is there a massive gap there? Yes, obviously, of course. That'd be, that'd be like me giving you a hard time if we were legitimately going to go play basketball and I was trying to teach you something and you were doing things that made no sense. I wouldn't get mad at you because I have, I don't know how many shots I've taken in my life, but it is an astronomical amount. There's things I've forgotten and drills that I have done and things that I've done with a basketball and played around with and all these other things that you've never done before. Like that would be insane for me to be like, I can't believe you don't know how to do that. And this is the way to do it. And it's just like, when you haven't done the, the most basic drill of like typewriter dribbling. Clear about something. I've not talked about this a lot, but. Well, that narrows it down in, things you've not talked a lot about. <laughs> when I was in middle school, I did go to Marist basketball camp. So chances are I would impress you on the basketball court. When you say chances, give me a number. Like, what kind of chances are we talking about? Like, win the lottery chances or no, less of the than, moon yeah. chances? No, less than three. Less than three percent. You would be like, okay, he he has an idea of what happens on this basketball floor. I can dribble. Well, just based on that, no, because nobody calls it a basketball floor. So that's dry. What is it? One. What is it? A <laughs> it's, turf? A, it's a court. It's a court. Court. Yeah. So, yeah. but it, but it is one of those things where we forget like, oh, like you mentioned, it's true. Like, yes, if we're teaching a clean to a high level athlete, I might purposely say, hey, give me a little bend in that elbow to get the bar higher into your hips, et cetera. But if mom walks into the gym, she has no idea what you're talking about. And it's crazy intimidating as well. I mean, let's also, I mean, tell me if this is the end game argument. To, to any dude or girl that tells you the, that these movements are stupid, more people on this planet are doing these movements now because of meaning the Olympic lifts, because of the sumo della tie and the med ball clean. That's, I don't think you can argue with me about that. Someone who has been involved so. in fitness, you as well, like you probably did a handful, you know, D1 practice, you're probably doing hang power cleans, which looked more like a reverse curl. Same for me in wrestling practice, but you know, more people now are doing them. If you look at any given box, 99% of the members there would never have done an Olympic lift if they didn't find CrossFit. I would agree with you. Now I was growing up very unique in my scenario. Like I grew up doing a ton of Olympic weightlifting. Gail Hatches is, you know, is like a household name in Baton Rouge. Uh, Our powerlifting coach, you know, was first guy to ever break 2,500 pounds. And then, and then when I went to college, um, now coach Bergner's daughter-in-law, uh, Natalie Bergner used to be Natalie Wolfolk, her dad, and she was an Olympian. Her dad was one of my strength and conditioning coaches. Oh, wow. So I was just by, by pure dumb luck. I was, I had been exposed to a lot of these things at a very early age. Like it had nothing to do with just like right place, right time with you most people have not and but even having had that experience i would definitely great at them 
I wasn't good at them. I'm far more proficient at them now than I was then. Um, and, but I still, there's still value to them. Right. And it's like, it's one of these things where it's just, it's a tool. It's not a mandatory tool, but if you're going to find zero use for that tool. Well, then I have an argument against that. So, it's, it's no different. It's no different than cues. It's one cue that always works. Well, I can present you very clear on which that would. So it's not a like, is it right? Is it wrong? Is like, is it a tool? Do you understand the context and when you, in which you would use this tool, whether it's the athlete or the scenario or how it would be. And then take it or leave it, man. It's not like you need to, to poo poo on. You don't like it. Who cares? Yeah. And I would say this, sure. You know, it's kind of got lumped into this category of it needs to be a part of your onboarding or on-ramp. No, it doesn't. I agree with you. Right. And we've talked about it enough times and we encourage all of our, our clients. The on-ramp is not about perfecting movement. The on-ramp is very little to do with moving better and a lot more to do with being a better member of this community making you feel comfortable, introducing you to my coaching staff, our, our best members, our ambassadors, et cetera. But if you don't want to use them there, just understand they still have a time and a place. You know, let, Let's talk about some of the pros. I mean, to me, to this day, very few workouts will leave me more sore than high rep, high volume med ball cleans. It's a double squat. It's fast. Double squat. It's a, move, it's a movement that at its heaviest is 20, maybe 30 pounds. So you're, you have no reason to stop, meaning the intensity is relatively high. Granted, it's a light load, but man, you two, 150 is kind of that threshold, whether it's a 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, or three rounds of 50 or multiple rounds of 25. If you're pushing those and you're going unbroken, you will wake up the next day and your quads and glutes will be on fire crushed i mean it's a fantastic conditioning tool and it's also a good teaching tool for a certain population if they're a little bit more experienced they have a little bit higher training age then what yes then skip right to the barbell and we have east coast cold weightlifting here guess what they don't teach the med ball clean to teach the clean and i'm totally good with that i totally respect that and in most instances we don't use the med ball clean to teach the clean we still teach it it has value if people can't do it it's problematic. That's more along the lines of the way I look at it, which is like, it's, I don't know that those are movements that you're going to see at high frequency in programming. Right. But at the same time, if nobody can do them, it does present a problem. Meaning yeah, nobody I, can execute them correctly. I think you just touched on something really important that gets kind of bastardized. We're always saying like, Hey, this is the we're teaching you this so you can learn this, right? We're teaching you the med ball clean so you can learn the squat clean. And I think if we remove that connection and just say, hey, we're teaching you this movement because it's a valuable movement to know, that's a very different statement than saying, if you don't know this, you can't do this, right? You, they don't need to be tied into one another. In other words, I can teach the med ball clean for the value in that, and yes, like any functional movement, there needs to be some transference, but then also I can simply teach you a squat clean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's again, it's a tool. It's not mandatory. You don't have to use it. But again, like I would, I would argue that it is both a tool for the athlete and for the coach. 
right? If the, if, if, if I can't get the athlete to use it correctly or they can't execute it correctly, well, it's just kind of like the snatch where like, there's good argument for a ton, not everybody should snatch whether they have the lack of coordination or the lack of mobility um, now, but that's totally different than can they snatch? It can be a, a tool with which we can assess movement or coordination or positions to give me other information with which I can do something or not with. And, and that is, and then maybe this is kind of like a more prevalent topic in society. Like when these conversations come up, I feel like there's always the need to be right. Right. Like I gotta be, I'm right about this topic. And I'm like, listen, we, we've all been there. We all have that thing that we want to be right about. Like, that's just not one I feel that I need to be right about. I'm like, I don't care. It's not, that's not what it's about. If you think that's what this is about, then I, then I genuinely think you misunderstand the conversation that is, that should actually be had here, which is like, can they move safely? Are we teaching them movement and getting them to understand training and fitness? Um, and it is, it, is it a tool that I can use at some point, whether it be conditioning or to create kinesthetic awareness, like whatever. And if you want to use it, don't, doesn't matter. There's no skin off my back. You've heard me talk about it before, and I'm truly not joking. I'm being 100% genuine. I love Doc Spartan products. I use it every day. I talk about the Sex Panther beard bomb. That's literally what is in my beard right now. And I use all of the scrubs, my favorite being the coffee scrub, just in the shower, gives you the tingles, gives you the feels. I love it. And there's so many other great products. I use their deodorant. I've used their hand care when I've had tears. Just check them out. It's a veteran owned, you know, guy that was in the military serving our country, Dale. I got to know him over the years and he's just a great dude. And I started buying his products and he reached out to me and said, Hey, we want to support the show and we appreciate it. And I just want you guys to not only support Doc Spartan and Dale, but also reap the benefits. If you want to be sexy like me, then you want to check out Doc Spartan products, 15% off with the code best hour. That's best hour for 15% off anything at their website, docspartan.com. Check out the coffee scrub and definitely check out the beard bomb. And ladies, there's stuff for you too. So head on over to docspartan.com, use the code best hour and save 15%. Well, no, and I think that to me was really just the first time I thought about it from that perspective, because so often we're like, hey, you need to do this because it teaches this. No, yeah, maybe it's just another good movement. You know, in other words, it, you know, it would be no different than saying to someone, why would I front squat? I can squat a lot more on my back. I should only back squat. Or why should I overhead squat? Well, there's, it's a different movement. If, if we just threw these out there as Hey, this sumo deletypo is a good movement. It makes you think about quarter extremity. It moves the bar a long distance. It's fast. Not, well, plus it transfers to the snatch because then you get the, well, why not just snatch? But if you look at each of those movements, the sumo and the med ball clean as in and of itself, they're high quality, good movements, you would do them, right? The thruster, why should I thruster instead of clean and jerk? Well, it's just a different movement. There's benefit it's a different to different movement. It's and variance. It's, and, Exactly. And for some reason, that sumo della typo, I believe a big reason people think it's silly is because we tell them large loads, long distances, and quickly. We don't have to worry about a shelf being the clean or an overhead position being the snatch. We're moving at a far, you know, ground to shoulder, et cetera. Think about you're one or two steps away from the snatch now, or just, hey, it's another good movement. 
you know, I well, let me tell the Sumodov Typol. The, the Sumodov Typol. Before you go to that story, the Sumodov Typol has, in my opinion, more functionality, real world functionality, than the bed ball clean. I mean, well, if you if you if walk up into somebody who's just like dead weight on the floor and you want to do like a buddy drag, you are going to get them off of the floor doing a sumo deadlift hypo i will i have done this at seminar like this isn't functional and i'll pick the biggest person in the group i'm like lay down on the floor and then i'll have somebody who's not that big and i'm like i want you to get that person up and then drag them five feet like literally reach underneath their armpits get them up to a semi-standing position and then move them as far as you can and they will actually execute- stealing my thunder on my story i just want to say yeah that's what i do because this is a better story than what you were going to tell it's not can i tell my yeah. story now but, uh, I'm not done with do my wanna... story. I'm not done with my story. Your, your story never took off. It never started. It was just oh, silly. okay. That's what this works. So, <laughs> so yeah. So when, me... when Jay when Jay complains about being bullied, everybody, I want everybody to run this back to this point. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would argue though, the med ball clean, especially now with a baby, it's like, is there a more functional movement? There's babies on the ground. You know, obviously at nine pounds, I just pick her up, but. Whether it's your dog, I mean, the ultimate example is for me, dog food. You get this 40 pound bag, you know, you you do some sort of, I'm probably not getting below parallel. I get it. I'm just getting it to my shoulders, but there's definitely a, an extension and then a rebend of the knee and then another extension in there, which is the med ball clean. The Sumo Della Taipo story, it's not going to be as great because you ruined it, but I was in my hot, I was in a hot tub in Naples, Florida, chilling, like it was the community hot tub. This dude, this old man's in the hot tub with me. We're talking, we're talking. And then finally this old man's wife comes up and he's, she's like, hey, honey, we gotta go. And he just keeps yapping at me, keeps talking. And I was like, dude, I didn't say dude, but I forget what I call I was like, hey, you gotta go, like, what's going on? He was like, don't tell my wife, but I can't feel my legs. And I was like, what? You can't feel your legs? He's like, I can't move. No joke. A minute later, he's floating in the hot tub. Like on his back, I'm laughing, thinking this is hysterical. His wife's in full panic mode, like screaming, get out of the hot tub. So I get, you know, it's a cement hot tub. I get behind him. And like you're saying, I literally dragged him out by his armpits. And I was like, he was like, my doctor told me not to use the hot tub. I was like, you need to listen to your doctor. And he sat there, he chilled. Eventually he was able to stand. I mean, we were about to call 911. Austin Maliolo talks about it as well. You work construction. If you have ever put something into the back of a pickup truck, you've done a sumo deadlift high pull. But yeah, I mean- Right, like, like cement bags and stuff like that. I mean, that, that's what I worked, when I worked at a nursery in high school, like we used, I used to sling like heavy, like up to 50 and 80 pound cement bags. And they were, I didn't know it at the time, but it was very similar. And then the sumo deadlift high pull, that basic function- does lend itself to things like stones or sandbags and stuff like that. Like, again, it's carryover. It's not about like, this is the end all be all movement. It does have a function. It does expose things about your athletes movement. And do they understand sequencing and timing and stuff like that without having to worry about front rack position or overhead position. It's a tool. Wasn't there a buddy carry workout in the games a couple of years ago that we judged or like a drag yeah. bob yeah they, they, they had the they had the buddy where they were they, the buddy was in the and a lot of people would just drag behind them some of them grabbed it that way but the point is you would have to get it out there and that's a fireman carry essentially well I mean, it's a form of just, fireman. there's different forms of fireman carry but there that one is like a drag essentially and think about any sport really the chances are you're opening your hip powerfully you're moving something a long distance 
but you rarely have to catch it on your shoulders or overhead. You just, you know, the finished position is almost, not that it's insignificant. We want high elbows. We want right. external rotation, et cetera. But I mean, you think, you know, growing up wrestling, an ankle pick, a single leg, a double leg, it's all like I'm taking this person's body and I'm getting it up as high as I can, wherever that is. It's rarely mm-hmm. like I'm finishing locked out overhead in a right. snatch. Never. And, yeah. and again, if, if there was a, if you take, I mean, we can argue about which of the nine movements is most important. I think most of us would agree it's probably the squat or the deadlift. But, right. but I mean, man, if I had to teach mom something that's going to keep her living independently for the rest of her life, in addition to that squat, I mean, you could argue if I teach her the sumo deadlift type, I've essentially taught her the deadlift. But more often than not, your parents, your older people in your life are picking something up from between their legs. Mm-hmm. Not a conventional style deadlift. Right. Yeah. It, and so the, and this is where what CrossFit's achieving versus what a specialist is achieving is different, right? So we're thinking about GPP, generally physically prepared, which is can you do something outside the walls of the gym versus a specialist where my job is to lift this barbell perfectly loaded as efficiently as possible. Not that that's good or bad. They're just different. And we, for what we're training for, GPP, I need more tools. I need more things to assess. I need more things to create variance. That is the point. It's not like this is the thing. It has value, but it only has as much value as your ability to use it to create value. Yeah, I, I agree. I think more often than not, the people that are expressing their, you know, the lack of happiness with these movements are either specialists or they're so far down the CrossFit rabbit hole that they forget people don't know that. We forget people are walking into your affiliate that haven't done an air squat ever, right? They go to the Can, bathroom. Cannot do an air squat. They cannot do an air squat. They don't know. We, we take that for granted. If I were going to throw at you though, Fern, out of the nine movements, if you had to get rid of one and now there's only eight, which would you pick? Honestly, probably the overhead squat. I was thinking overhead squat. I was or also the thinking the press. Shirt. See, I was going press. I would keep the I press. Think, I would keep, the, so I would keep the press, the push press. The push the, the push press is a little bit more functional. Like I've actually used that in real life. Agreed. Anytime you're taking something overhead. Right. In real life, the, you're really the overhead squat. It's just a basically a test of, yeah. Yeah, rare, almost never are you jerking. I mean, it does happen, but like you, people that are in those scenarios will do that naturally because it's required to, to accomplish the task. Um, so probably the overhead squat, honestly. I, not, and that's not to say that I don't like it and it doesn't have value, but if, you, if you're if you just like point a, you know, a gun at me and be like, hey, you have to get rid of one of them, I'm probably going to get rid of the overhead squat. Yeah, it was funny. Way back when I first started coaching, I had this woman, Diana, still keep in touch with her. And she caught on to the jerk like immediately. And I, the, the way I got her to do it was just loaded up her push press too heavy. And by right. naturally, by <laughs> yeah, women naturally are smart and they're like, men will try to force it. Like, no, no, I'm strong enough. Where women will just naturally rebend their knee and be like, oh, like that? I'm like, exactly <laughs> like that. If, if you had to, okay, so you got rid of one. If, if you were going to take another movement and say, okay, we're either going to replace one or make it a 10th, what movement do you think belongs in there? M- meaning like add one? 
Correct. You know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, the, the, the point of the nine foundational movements is they lend them, there is some transferability, right? So you think of something like- Kettlebell swing? Yeah, you get that hip extension, right? I mean, and that's also, yeah. you know, think about now going back to the sumo, right? It basically is teaching someone a kettlebell swing just right. rather than having a kettlebell, they're going from the ground. Cause you mm -hmm. think a thruster might be a good one, but if we, if we front squat and we push press, we have a thruster, you know, you could take an Olympic lift, but you know, that's the other thing that's like coach Glassman in 2001 or whenever he came up with these, like, I'm going to limit it to nine. If he would have been like, Hey, there's 20 foundational movements. No doubt. We would have had the clean and the snatch and the kettlebell swing and a push up in there. But then it's like, okay, this thing takes forever to learn. Like by giving well, you nine, I can have three easy breakout groups of three movements that basically well, but, once you learn these, you know everything. But that's the point. And when this, we do talk about this in level one, which is like those nine are the foundational, either partial function or full function of all of those other movements. Those other movements are just a progression down the road or combination thereof to other movements. That's why the foundational, the, those foundational movements exist. Not because they're the end all be all. It's because if you can do those correctly, we have the pieces to do all of the follow ones, ones that everybody else loves, but I need to do those first, right? You can't front squat unless you can air squat. You can't overhead squat really unless you can front squat. And then if you're talking about pulling things from the shoulder, you need to do a deadlift first. I need to understand the concept of quarter extremity. That's where sumo deadlift high pull comes in. If I'm going to clean or I'm going to snatch, if I'm going to press overhead, I need to understand front frontal plane and you start in, uh, you know, midline stability and, and how to balance that bar overhead where, where my hands should go. And then after that, you know, get as sexy as you want. Right. But again, people poo poo on it because they just don't understand where we're coming from. It's not that this is the thing. It is a tool to get me to all of these other movements and it does have value only if you, don't you know it. and then let's be you know something i always tell people is there's been you know a level one every weekend since 2003 four five most weekends 10 or 12 of them this shit works like hey right. come up with something better and, and let's hear about it but until you do let's just keep doing what's working and then you know something else to consider at the level one we do spend 30 minutes on day two working on the snatch. Right. It's not like we just don't because, teach it. Yeah, just because we're not calling it one of the nine foundational movements doesn't mean it's not important. We just – And we had a specialty seminar dedicated to the clean and the snatch. Like, go it's not like it's not – go take a weightlifting course. Like, it's fine. Like, we get it. Again, it's just like – I think what you said earlier is, is like you have to remember like we're starting at zero in most cases, not at five. We're starting at zero. So let's start at zero yeah. and then we'll get to five for, you know, fairly quickly. Yeah. If we're eliminating all movements that build to a more advanced movement, we would get rid of 80%. Like we wouldn't do a push up because you could do a burpee, you know, and we wouldn't do a burpee because you could do a burpee box jump, right? We wouldn't do a burpee box jump because you could do a burpee box jump over. I don't know. Making, but point is like, there's always a more complex, that doesn't mean we get rid of all of the movements that got us there. We, we just, Right. We use the, you know, I think for those of you that, you know, disagree, or for those of you that came into this episode with that mindset of, of these are silly, stop and really look at your body. I mean, we all have a Sally at the box who's 60 years old and yeah, now she's snatching, 
But on day one, if you would have told her to snap, she'd be doing a huge front raise around her face. She'd be blocking the bar out in the wrong position. But when you stop and you're like, hey, here's a training bar. Let's just pull it to your shoulders. Or here's a four pound. They don't make a four pound barbell. News flat. I mean, maybe a kid's one. I don't know. But No, I think the lightest ones you can find are like 10 pounds maybe. Right. So here's this four pound, you know, what we refer to as the teddy bear you know, and if you're, uh, and if you're, it's like everybody can lift. And if you're one of these people, everybody can lift a ten pound barbell. And I'm like, not true. No, you've I've had people. Come... I've had people where a ten pound med ball was far and away inappropriate. Yeah, come to my Monday six p.m. class with the fourteen year old boys who can barely figure out how to move <laughs> their own body weight in space, and I'll I'll show you a bunch of kids that can't lift a ten pound barbell. Um, but you know, and and the cool thing about that is we don't say, hey. That's the, that's the beauty of it too. It's like, we're not saying, Hey, you're 60 or you're 14 and you're not ready for this. We're saying everybody needs this, right? We say in the level one lecture, you know, things like the deficiency defines the need or, you know, the, the, the value of this medicine ball clean is exactly in the difficulty of it. So you need to do it. You're not ready to do it with 135, 95, or even 45. So here's a medicine ball. Let's work on doing that which by the way, is more likely what you're gonna come into contact with. You're not gonna come into contact with a eight foot, you know, perfectly symmetrical with knurling piece of steel right. in the real world, but you're gonna come into contact with an 80 year old man that needs to be dragged out of a hot tub or, you know, a bag of cement that needs to go into a truck or, you know, hopefully never like a child or something really valuable that you need to save and which point you're doing these movements. Mm-hmm. Is that it, yeah, I think it's just understanding. That's, I think that's it. I think it's good. I think it's just understanding the tools and they're not good or bad. It's just like, if I think if you think they're bad, then there's just a lack of understanding there. So deep dive a little bit, understand where these can be valuable. Cause at the end of the day, if you understand where they can be valuable, you can help more people. And you know what? That was really good, but I do want to add one thing. I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> That was good. I could have hit stop there, but then I was you like, could have, but that's not your thing. Your thing is not ending it what it should end. Yeah, yeah. By the way, your internet has gotten better. I don't know if something goes on at your gym. Like, are all like, for example, when all the kids are at the gym and they're on their devices, our music gets choppy. You have that going on at times at Rife. I think I think it's Lindsay. Is Lindsay watching porn right now? Is that what's happening? I don't know. You said that. I she mean, might be. The, she uh, might be. No, I, I can tell you what happened. Uh, everybody here was hanging out. The three yeah, that's what just I'm saying. Seven minutes ago. That's what I'm People saying. You can tell anymore. the difference. Yeah. yeah, don't let them on their phones. But here's here's what I was going to go with that is, I bet you, for the coaches listening, for the box owners listening, that maybe still don't agree with us, or more importantly, have a tough time teaching that, like getting their members to understand it. It's because they don't understand the points of performance and how they impact the harder lifts. In other words, Correct. If, if you were like, hey, here's why the sumo delft high pull is valuable because you're going to learn this deadlift and then give me a, a big shrug while keeping your arms straight. Think about how that's going to benefit your clean or your snatch. The med ball clean, it, here's the question. You ask your members, how many of you can power clean more than you can squat clean? Like 70% mm-hmm. of CrossFitters can do that. That's a that's not a good thing, by the way. That's a really bad thing. Unless you have an injury, unless something's going on, if you can power clean more than you can squat clean, you're basically saying, I struggle to pull under the bar. So 
yes, I can give you a very light barbell and teach you a movement called the tall clean, or we can learn it in the med ball clean on day one, and maybe you never have this problem. Right. I, I mean, I never had that problem. I mean, the, in my t- the tall clean is hard, by the way. The tall yeah, clean is hard. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know anybody would start there. I would have. I would have my qualms about that. But that is that's pretty technical in my print, in my opinion. Well, yeah, and again, you have a barbell where we're you know heavier, etc. But I never struggled with that. Not to toot my own horn, but I I would now looking back on it, I wonder if because I learned the medicine ball clean first before I learned how to squat clean, it was just like, oh, I've already done this before. Yeah, these, then I would challenge you to dive into these to get to the point where you do like them because you understand what their value is. Then I think you'll get it and that you, and that you won't feel like, because CrossFit's not saying you have to use them. That's the other cool thing. That, We're just saying that they have yeah, value. Yeah, go to your level one. We're going to teach you this. But once you leave that level one, pass the test, you know, obviously go back to your level two. You may have to coach it, et cetera. But, and that's the, just the beauty of CrossFit. Do whatever the hell you want at your box. We're going to tell you the boxes that tend to be more successful, keep these movements. They coach these movements. They have a good understanding of these movements. But there's, a, there's successful boxes out there that never touch a sumo della typo. That's not a bad thing. That's the beauty of CrossFit. Figure out what works for you. So I would challenge the listeners, and I want to hear from you guys, whether it's on our Instagram uh, at best hour of their day or an email, best hour of their day, or of course, check out our Patreon. Our April episode just dropped. But we want to hear feedback from you. Do you like the Sumo Della Typo and the Medicine Ball Clean? Do you not like it? Did anything we say, we want to hear that. I don't think we get feedback on, on what we're putting out there. Let us know. Did that make things clear? Was there an aha or a light bulb moment for you where you're like, fuck, Ackerman is really smart and he convinced me that I need to sue Modelo Type. Well, I think we're going to get a lot of those. I think we're going to get a lot of those. Ackerman's really smart. I think in, you, insert nose hold. Insert nose hold. Oh, where's nose hold? You know what? That dude <laughs> never responded. I mean, he t- chimed in on Instagram and then he disappeared. We actually got a a review on the podcast from someone that called themselves not nose hold. Nice. We got five stars. We got five stars from that guy. So shout out. Maybe to that, that was a nose hold giving us correcting his not five-star review. Could be, it could be, but we want to hear from you. And also if you do want to leave us a review, that means a lot. Turns out there's algorithms and all that kind of stuff out there. So the more you chime in, you know, Fern and I, putting out these episodes consistently to help you guys get better. And please feel free to share them with someone, share this episode with someone that doesn't like those movements, you know, and, and, and let's hear from them. And maybe we'll have you on the podcast to discuss, to have a little bit of a, uh, a back and forth about it. But as always, we appreciate you listening. Check out the Sumo Del Typo. Check out the Medball Clean. Give us some feedback and we'll see you on the next episode. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at Best Hour of Their Day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.